Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran in studio by phone. And we got a packed show lined up for you here today. Review of Vic Fangio and John Elway's conference call with reporters earlier this week. Overall thoughts on Broncos free agency, how they did, what boxes they checked. Some thoughts on the expanded playoff field going up to 14 teams. We'll talk the good and bad of that. And finally, we'll talk a little bit of coronavirus pandemic ramifications. NFL saying the plan is still to play 16 games. Is that realistic? We'll dive into that. So, uh, Ryan, we'll start off. First things first, Uncle Vic and uh, Papa John talking earlier this week and lots of takeaways from their session with reporters and uh, lots of questions right off the bat about Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay and how these two guys are going to be compatible in the backfield together. Yeah, a couple, a couple of takeaways from this one. Um, you know, I hate to start off with the Denver Media Mafia. Oh, here we go. But here we go. have to do it. They have mobilized to the hilt behind Philip Lindsay. But once again, Mark Kislow was the voice of reason in, in, in a Wednesday's paper saying, hey, it's not going to happen. I mean, they signed Melvin Gordon because they're paving the way for Philip Lindsay to leave after this year. That's, what, that's my take. Um, and they talk about a contract extension. I, I don't think it's likely. Uh, you know, my we heard so many rumblings during February about veteran backs that that told you what they thought of Philip Lindsay. And you know, Melvin Gordon to me was right church wrong pew. I would have waited for the draft and got somebody for ten percent of that salary who could be a third down guy, who could be a powerful runner, etc. But you know, Elway said, hey, uh, no guarantees, but he did talk to the agent, Mike McCartney, the other day. You know, and, and Vic Fangio said, you know, he talked to Lindsay. The coach and the GM have to have t- different tax in this one because it's about contracts. You know, Vic said, hey, Philip Lindsay's not going to give up his job. He's not going to give up his case. Well, then it may not be Philip Lindsay's choice. You know, that if, if, if they have a training camp, that first snap of 11 on 11 offense, it's going to say, okay, is it Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay? It's probably going to be Melvin Gordon. So, uh, what was interesting, they thought that Gordon played better late in the year after his holdout. They obviously think that he can regain some of the form that he showed two years ago when he had his only 1,000-yard season. So, you know, I, I, where I disagree is you need two backs, but rarely is it a 50-50 split. You know, and Pat Shermer, the new play caller, his MO throughout his play calling career is he likes a bell count. Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Stephen Jackson. So I think they, I think plan A for them is that Melvin Gordon be a featured back. And John Elway mentioned, hey, 98% of the time, it's not going to end on the happiest of terms with guys who are long-term mainstays in Broncos country, uh, like we saw with Chris Harris Jr. and Derek Wolf. Both kind of pushed out the door this offseason. Harris Jr. landed in Los Angeles and Derek Wolf landed in Baltimore. But I think, like you said, Ryan, uh, writing on the wall here for Philip Lindsay if it wasn't a little bit already before the Gordon signing. Yeah, and, you know, he had two good years. He rushed for a thousand yards. He's a great story. He's a hometown guy. That doesn't matter to the Broncos. They don't need to sell tickets, they, ha- they sell tickets. You know, you have to look at him as a player, not as a hometown guy. And, you know, that's easy. For, for me, that's easy to get to. I, I sure as hell didn't grow up here. Uh, I look at him as a running back. 
so you know they feel that Melvin Gordon is a is an upgrade, definitely an upgrade over Royce Freeman, who may not make the team now. But you know, obviously, they felt that Gordon gives them things that Phil Lindsay could not. And Elway and Fangio also addressing the additions of AJ Bouye and Jarrell Casey. Bouye coming over trade from Jacksonville, Casey via trade from Tennessee, and those two guys will give them. Two more core players on defense for 2020 alongside Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and safeties Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Of course, uh, up front, Shelby Harris coming back too. So those two guys, they talked a little bit about, a bit about the fit. And I got to imagine Vic Fangio, year two of his system, he's got to be pretty pumped to add these two playmakers and Casey, a five-time pro bowler himself. Yeah, he is and he should. And, you know, Boye is a good fit for what they do, which is a lot of zone on the outside. You know, Casey, um, even if his play has declined a little bit, it's still a, he's still a very good player. Um, he can provide an interior pass rush, which they haven't had. You know, when I, when I ask Vic about, you know, what kind of options does those two guys give him as a play caller, he says, well, it would be trial and error, but they've been in a lot of systems, and what are we at? whatever we ask of them, they'll be able to do. Well, that's the key part. They're versatile. And that's what Fangio prioritizes on defense. He wants guys to be able to do a lot of different things. And I think, you know, his playbook didn't really get as opened up as he wanted to last year, which he probably understood going in. It takes a year or two to get, get, get a, you know, your kind of, your kind of guys on the defense. But um, it's good to see how they use Casey, you know, defensive end on base downs. Okay. Does he play a little bit of nose if asked? You know, he'll probably be inside as a pass rushing defensive tackle on third down. And then Shelby Harris, uh, you know, I talked to Shelby on Monday. I said, okay, are you are you as surprised as I am to be having this conversation about you coming back to the Broncos? And he gave one of his patented big laughs and said, hey, you know, you never know what happens. This market did not materialize at all. Uh, he said he turned down at least one multi-year offer. Uh, to return to the Broncos and, and take another kick at the free agent camp next March. And before we move on to the next subject, real quick, Ryan, Broncos, just like all the other teams across the league, preparing for multiple logistical situations when the draft is held. It's supposed to be held on schedule here in a few weeks. Obviously, it won't be the bonanza in Las Vegas uh, that it was planned to be, but teams making contingency plans to hold the draft remotely from afar. I applaud the NFL for sticking to their April 23rd to 25th draft. I mean, that probably makes me heartless, and, you know, inconsiderate, and you know, not not among the mainstream media. The media uh, mafia, but, as you like to yeah, say. Yeah, you know, I, you know, this is the national media mafia. Um, you know, the teams are going to figure it out, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting three days. You know, John Elway was asked several times on Tuesday about the logistics of it, and he said, hey, you know, they're preparing for all scenarios, which could mean nobody can be together. Everybody works from their home. You know, the NFL came out uh, later Tuesday and said, you know, they, they think they should be able to do 10 people in one room if they have proper distancing or whatever. Well, okay, that that allows that allows teams to at least have a draft room, and, uh, and then, but the scouts and position coaches will, you know, be spread out all over the area, all over the country. So what's going to be interesting is do they, how do they, you know, do they allot some times for trades? Because, you know, it's, there's a little, you know, can't be as smooth as in previous years, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I mean, the, you know, 
it's a good draft. Uh, it's going to be a nice diversion. It's going to give us something to do. Uh, I, I like it. Good. I like that it's staying put where it is. First in Orange Podcast, plugging right along here. We are just discussing Vic and John Elway's thoughts with the uh, call with reporters just earlier this week, talking running backs, draft preparations, etc. Now, moving on here with the show, Ryan, let's give some overall thoughts on Broncos free agency. Now, heading into the draft, April 23rd, 25th, like you mentioned, Broncos, they filled a lot of holes. They figured out right guard with Graham Glasgow, a free agent addition who came from Detroit. We mentioned Bouye, his, uh, the trade from Jacksonville. He'll fill an outside cornerback need. They got a defensive end tackle in Casey. We talked a lot about Gordon coming over uh, from Los Angeles. And then Sam Martin, a free agent punter as well. He was in Detroit for the last seven seasons, and they picked him up. So you uh, gave him, a, I think, a B or a B- minus last week on the pod, Ryan. Does that grade stand? I mean, what's your overall, I guess, final grade for the Broncos free agency this season? Yeah, I'll give him a B. Um, I think where they, where they did a nice job is they did not paint themselves into a quarter with the first-round draft pick. They can go a lot of different directions. They can go best player available regardless of position. They can you know, add to a position of strength, maybe like an outside linebacker or uh, a defensive lineman. So, you know, team, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to go in the draft. Everybody knows what you got to take. Because if, if, if a team a couple spots behind you wants the same player, they'll just move up. You know, the, the Broncos need a starting center, but there's going to be guys like that available in rounds two or three. You know, they are clearly prioritizing receiver because they were, you know, they, they talked to a lot of them at the combine, but they did not uh, sniff around on any of the veterans by my knowledge. So, but, but it's a deep receiver draft. You could take one in the first round, second round, or even third round and get good value. So it, it, that's, that's where, that's where the, that's where the Broncos should be looked at as doing a lot of good work in free agency and in the trade market with Bouye and, and Casey is, you know, you want to you want to fill holes, and then leave so you don't have to fill all of them in the draft. And I think that was accomplished by by the Broncos. Yeah, we talked about Sam Martin, the new punter from Detroit. You were on his conference call later Tuesday. Uh, you know, what were some of his? Uh, thoughts about picking the Broncos and, and the opportunity at hand. Yeah, well, in seven seasons with the Lions, he had heard a lot about Denver from his buddy Matt Prater, a kicker for the Lions, obviously former Broncos kicker. So he was high on Denver. He was high on his wish list. Now, granted, he dis- did address punting at elevation. He doesn't really think uh, it affects it too much unless we're talking push punts, end over end kickoffs, that sort of thing. But uh, he's excited to come out and, and kick for the Broncos, punt for the Broncos, should I say. Uh, this is a former soccer player all growing up, as a lot of punters are. And uh, he actually was committed to play soccer at Georgia State in high school at Stars Mill High School in Fayetteville, Georgia. And finally, as a senior, the high school football team convinced him to come out. Uh, he was a kicker did kickoffs. He eventually went to Appalachian State as a kicker and kind of washed out as a kicker, finally picked up punting as a sophomore at Appalachian State, and really the rest is history. So uh, Broncos getting a lot of uh, experience and consistency with Martin. He He ranked second in the NFL in least yards allowed per punt return last year at 4.5 and also sixth in punts inside the 20. He also has posted at least 22 punts inside the 20 in six of his seven seasons. So uh, Elway and Vic Fangio and obviously special teams coordinator Tom McMahon hoping that consistently translates to Denver. Well, 
and that that should be the hope because you mentioned a key part. This team couldn't cover punts last year. Uh, they gave up a lot of returns along the bottom couple of teams in the league of punt return uh, against. So, um, you know, he, if he places the ball, places the, the football better on punts, has better hang time, you know, th- they should be able to win some more field position battles. So it's, uh, it, that, that sort of, that move came out of nowhere because they had, they had signed a punter, uh, Daniel, uh, after the season, he has experience with Houston, but then they go get, uh, you know, the veteran who's obviously going to be the guy. First Orange podcast, chugging right along here. Next topic up, the expanded playoff field. And Ryan, on Wednesday, as you and all football fans know, NFL owners voted to expand the playoffs by one team in each conference. So total 14 uh, as they continue to plan for 2020 to start on time. Uh, Right now, I got to imagine we've discussed this before with the Chiefs dominating in the AFC West, Patrick Mahomes reigning for who knows how, how long in this division. I, I think this is a good thing for the Broncos. Well, as a guy who likes football, my uh, two-word response to expand the playoffs, hell yeah. Hell um, yeah. yeah. So it's not watered down. It's hell yeah. No. Okay, I good. Mean, come on. I mean, you, you, you saw the, you know, the, you know, a lot of people saying this is bad. More football is good. And you have a triple header on Saturday, triple header on Sunday that first weekend. Um, I think it's going to be great. Uh, my only rub against it is I would have added two teams uh, because I think it's important to reward two teams at the top with buys. Uh, you know, and so it, it, there's going to be a dogfight to make sure they get that buy in each conference. If you're the Broncos, it's good news. Even Vic, you know, sort of joked about it at the combine before his official. Says, "Hey, the, you know, it's good more, and especially when you're in division with the Chiefs. You know, the key is don't go, don't start on four. You know, right. <laughs> if you can start fast, it leaves you a little bit of wiggle room. And, and people are making, say, well, a 7 and 9 team will make it. Very rarely has that been the case. And, you know, when I went back, when this started being discussed a couple months ago, I went back and looked at the Broncos, and it wouldn't have impacted them as a team getting in as the seventh seed, but it, it would have impacted them at least once when they got the second seed. And got a buy. Now they would in the new system they would add play that extra game. But it's gonna it's gonna increase the drama. I think late in the season you're gonna have teams fight for that number one seed. You're gonna have teams fight for that seventh seed. So uh, that's what the owners wanted. They wanted you know what they wanted all these games in December as many as possible to count. And that's gonna that's gonna be the case right away when they uh, start this in 2020. Yeah, Ryan, as you mentioned. Instead of two buys in each conference, now only teams with the best record in AFC and NFC will get a buy under this new format. And it's the first expansion of the playoff field since 1990 when the NFL went from 10 to 12 teams. So should be interesting, should be something to watch there uh, as we move forward here, Ryan. And as we move forward, speaking of the season and expanded playoffs, etc., is this season going to start on time? Now, the NFL has maintained its stance that, yes, uh, we're green lighting. We're, we're all go. We're going to be ready for week one. But as I'm looking around and seeing the Tokyo Olympics postponed to next year and, uh, you know, cities across the U.S. enacting these these stay at home orders uh, for the next month or so, maybe more. I, I just I don't know, Ryan. I'm I'm wondering, first of all, about the baseball season. Uh, how much of this Major League Baseball season they're going to get in. And then secondly, is the NFL season going to start on time? Because right now, I don't know, I, th- I think it's 
we're going to be pushing it, especially to get training camp in and everything in the preseason to get these players ready for the grind of a, a, a long regular season. Yeah, you mentioned baseball. I think that's what I think NFL is waiting to see what baseball, basketball, and hockey do. Uh, if if baseball, so let's say baseball starts July fourth. Okay, that's good news for the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe you have every team report a little later, like August first. You maybe cut down the preseason to two games because there's going to be a lot of injuries. It would you know. With no, you know, no real training camp, no off-season program, so I think you have to monitor these players when they get into camp and make sure they're ready. Um, I think they're going to play 16 games. It's just a matter of what the calendar looks like. Um, you know, from the Broncos' perspective, the league said they still plan on, on scheduling the international games. The Broncos are you know, likely to play Atlanta and London. I think that's a long shot. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you say, hey, because of the travel concerns, let's just play those play these games in the United States, I don't think you get any pushback. So, um, you know, I'm optimistic that they will play week one on time, but I am uh, not as optimistic that training camps will open in, in uh, mid to late July. I think that those will probably be uh, delayed a little bit. And Ryan, you mentioned the London game. Uh, MLB announced that the Cubs Cardinals series scheduled for June 13, 14 canceled due to coronavirus pandemic. So, and I'm with you. I imagine if they do get the, the season started on time and whatnot, and hope, hopefully they do, you and I are rooting for that, of course, but I just can't imagine seeing international games this year with everything that's going on but uh, so much still still up in the air as you mentioned and so much up in the air with the uh, hockey and basketball seasons as they're trying to resume and, and crown a champion somehow yeah uh, what's your what's your guess on baseball um my guess is i think july as of right now in terms of regular season starting is the best case scenario and that's with a yeah. you know two or three weeks spring training but you know, as this goes further on, and and we're seeing the real wide scope of this in the United States, I'm I'm honestly getting less and less optimistic because uh, for baseball, I mean, they're going to have to start the season in July at latest if they're even going to get like a half season in with playoffs that means anything. That was my follow up. Is let's say they start July fourth. Um, how many games are they going to try and cram into? A season? Well, they, do they want to start the playoffs on time? What, what do you think their strategy is there? As we turn this into a quick Rockies tangent, quick, it does it does apply to the NFL. Yeah, and, and everything kind of comes back to the NFL here, like you said, as as they're waiting and seeing with MLB in response to your question. I think we're looking at definitely less than a hundred games here. Uh, you know, possibility of double headers uh, to, to cram in more games, possibility of expanded rosters and more pitchers to make that happen. Also, MLB has discussed the possibility of uh, pushing the playoffs back into November, possibly at neutral sites. Uh, just so many balls up in the air right now. And uh, Major League Baseball, I mean, they, they've made all these recommendations and potentials, but it's clear Rob Manfred and co, I mean, they're, they're waiting just as everyone else is to see where this thing goes and what they can do and when. Yeah, and for all the, for the, for the, for all the four major sports in it, and especially college football, the TV money is so great and it so helps them sustain their business model is the neutral site thing will not stop them. Right. Um, if they have a product, I mean, 
if if we're sitting here in six weeks and the Nuggets are playing the Clippers in a second round series at a neutral site with no fans, I'm still watching. We're still, you know, the Post is still going to cover it. So, you know, just to have that live product, you suck it up for one year and you know, just get these games played. So, you know, with the NFL, you know, the 16-game the schedule is a realistic goal. But also, they have they have the flexibility because their Super Bowl is already at a neutral site. Right, and you can push can you can push, that, push back. that back. You can play football in snow. You can't play baseball in November and December yeah. across the country. So, and with and with basketball, hockey, you're running into the start of the next season. You know, the obvious concern for all sports is you make the decision to start playing again. And then one of your players is tested positive for it. Right. Okay. Then what? You know, so you start up and shut down and start up. How long do you stay shut down? So that's the, that's the dilemma for all these professional leagues and also for the college sports as well. Is, you know, if they start a season, what are the chances that it won't be interrupted? Uh, you know, cliche your time will tell. Time will tell. And in the meantime, folks, DenverPost.com slash Rocky slash Broncos slash sports for continued coverage of all these squads we're talking about. Appreciate you listening in to our Broncos analysis on the First in Orange podcast. This has been Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Again, tune in to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team, especially leading up to the draft where we are profiling all sorts of prospects that the Broncos might be interested in. Ryan, thanks for calling in and talking football with me as usual. And folks, thanks for tuning in to the First in Orange podcast. Until next time. Take it easy.